You're listening to the Food Freedom Podcast, hosted by me, Dylan Murphy, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Food Freedom Podcast explores the topics of intuitive eating, mindset, and body respect to help you create a lifestyle of lasting food freedom. We believe it's possible to feel confident in your food choices and connected to your body. And here on Food Freedom Podcast, we will show you how. I am a registered dietitian nutritionist and owner of Dylan Murphy Nutrition, a nutrition coaching practice helping women make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. We welcome all foods over here, from kale salads to queso and everything in between. Let's dive in. Before we dive into today's episode with Lauren Cadillac, I wanted to do a quick trigger warning for anyone who maybe is currently navigating eating disorder recovery or who may be triggered by the talks of eating disorder recovery. In this episode, we do dive a little into Lauren's eating disorder history and some behaviors that she used in the bodybuilding industry. And so if any of that talk would be triggering, I recommend just skipping over this episode or maybe having a friend or a trusted person listen first and kind of vet the episode and see if it would be good for you to listen to. So here is today's conversation with Lauren Cadillac. Welcome back to another episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Today I have Lauren Cadillac here with us, who is a registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor, um, as well as a certified personal trainer and retired national bikini competitor, which we're going to be talking a lot about on today's episode. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Before we kind of dive in, I would love for you to take a minute to introduce yourself and to our listeners who may know you, may not know you, just a little bit about you and who you are. Sure. Well, I feel like you gave me such a lovely introduction going through all of my credentials. (laughs) As you said, I'm a registered dietitian and a certified intuitive eating counselor. Um, I run my own virtual practice. Uh, work with clients all over the world using the intuitive eating framework to help individuals heal the relationship with food. Um, as you mentioned, I'm a retired bodybuilder. Uh, so I have a history of that. I have a history of my own um, eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in New York City. I have a dog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, have I was a- hoping you were going to bring him up. <laughs> <laughs> Her name uh, is Dewey and she's really cute. Uh, and I feel like that kind of summarizes me. I think like yes. you did a really good job introducing me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Your dog oh, is also, so cute, by the way. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. And I was going to say also on Instagram, feel the mm-hmm. dietitian. Um, yes. Obviously, that's kind of how we connected. So <laughs> yes, yes. Which I would love to hear too, kind of what sparked like the name feel good dietitian and even like Instagram for you, because I know you have a great following on there and a super loyal audience, it seems. So I would love to hear, you know, a little bit about that. Yeah. So actually, I mean, I had Instagram since 2012 when I guess Mm -hmm. it kind of came out when, you know, we just used the filters that they put on there, like Ludwig and XX Pro, whatever. Yes. (laughs) And all those things. And, you know, for at first Instagram for me was kind of like, um, when did you go on Instagram? Uh, probably that same time, but my like okay. actual, my account now I started probably like three years ago. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. So back then, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like for me, it was kind of almost like a Pinterest board where I would post like yes. random, like, but it was all fitspo and like pretty disordered eating mm. spo. I look back, I can't actually get back that far because it's like 3000 posts and it takes yeah. a long time to go yeah. back. But I know that some of the stuff po- um, pops up like with memories and stuff like that. And so for me, originally, it was just like, you know, it was me working out or whatever it might be. And then with bodybuilding Instagram, I mean, Instagram is just huge for kind of every industry nowadays, like social mm-hmm. media is just a part of life now. Um, but particularly it was like 2015, 2016, uh, 2014 is when I did bodybuilding. And that's mm-hmm. kind of like Instagram was huge with that realm. Like everyone knew each other by their handles. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of how you knew who was going to do what show people would use the hashtag. So I, I found that my account kind of grew based off of that following like a little bit. I had like 25,000 people back then and it was all around like bikini comp- uh, competing. And yeah. then when I kind of got beyond that and <laughs> recovered from all of my things. Um, I, I, I've always been really into like the law of attraction and Abraham Hicks mm-hmm. and um, just kind of like what we put out, we get back and, yeah. you know, all of those things. And she is very much about, you know, the reason we do anything is because we, the reason we want anything is because we think we'll feel better once we have it. We want a new car. Mm. We want more money. We want that relationship. We want those things because we think we'll feel better once we acquire them. Um, and, and so with food and body, you know, like I think a lot of times people try to manipulate their food to try to get this thing that they think will feel good, but it doesn't feel good in the process. So it's not going to feel good once you get there. And I lived that firsthand uh, with bodybuilding where I thought once Mm. I looked this way, my life Mm. would look a certain way as well. And I got there physically and I felt probably the worst I've ever felt my entire life. And so Mm. I made this shift, obviously, (laughs) because I'm like, person now but I was like I want to help people feel good period like that's what like Mm. we as dietitians we want you know people obviously we got into this for a certain reason we want to help people we want to help them be healthy and all the things but at the end of the day I want people to feel good because that's what matters most in life it's like we want to feel good we want to feel happy we want to feel alive we want all of those things so um that's kind of always my approach with things is like, Hey, let's just do things that feel good right now. Uh, not mm. just right now, but also like down the road. So what foods feel good in your body? What foods bring you satisfaction and what foods will feel good 30 minutes from now and 45 minutes mm. from now and three hours from now. And uh, like, what things are you saying to yourself? Do those things make you feel good? Are the people that you're looking at um, on Instagram, do those people make you feel good? No, like just do more things that make you feel good. And then you'll be met with more of the same, more things that feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I love that so much because I agree. Like, I feel like we're all searching for something that's going to like make us feel better, stronger. We have more money. We look better, like all these things. And, you know, specifically with diets, we know they never deliver on their promises. Like maybe Mm -hmm. you have that like small, small, like time, like honeymoon phase almost of feeling good, feeling like, Mm -hmm. okay, I accomplished my goal. But then it comes back to, you know, bite you in the butt of like, okay, now I feel terrible. This is impacting my whole life and and really the opposite of feeling good. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. And seeing like what feels good now, but what would also feel good five years from now? And could you still be doing that? Um, yeah, that's awesome. yes. and it's like, well, what feels good for you it looks different than what feels good for me. And it allows yes. people to really like honor their body and listen to their body and give it what it's asking for versus what someone mm. else thinks that you should be having. 
Yes. Yes. So good. Um, so then in terms of bodybuilding, what like got you, like, how did you get into that in the first place? Yeah. So I actually, um, so I, I went to Penn state for nutritional mm-hmm. sciences. So I was actually a dietitian at the time. Um, I was working in, in a, um, a clinical, in the clinical uh-huh. setting, like an acute care hospital, which did you do clinical right out of your internship? Yeah. As I worked with time. geriatrics. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As we all do. Yes. As they tell us to, you know, so I was getting my year of clinical as we're all recommended uh, yeah. to do. And, um, I really wasn't loving it, you know, mm-hmm. great experience, learned some things, but it wasn't what I was passionate about. So I had a friend at the time who was a personal trainer and he said, um, Hey, why don't you like try out bodybuilding? I think like I was mm-hmm. working out with him. Um, he's like, I thought you'd I think you'd be good at it. It could be a cool way to change your career path. And so I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And looking back, I know there was this, um, I don't know, so long ago, but I was kind of seeing someone like over the summer uh-huh. and things ended on like a sour note. And it was kind mm-hmm. of almost like a, rev- it was partially, Hey, you could change your career path, but partially yeah. revenge body type thing. Yes. Of like, well, yes. screw you. I'm going to show you, I'm going to become yeah. this like, fancy person or yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> I looked up like local shows and I found one I had no idea what I was doing I like you know we went to school to be mm-hmm. dietitians and so much emphasis on clinical stuff of like yeah. renal and diabetes and all these things but that you're not taught to bodybuilding for good reason <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the whole concept of I started doing kind of like flexible dieting mm-hmm. um and just kind of figured it out from there. And I really liked it at first because it was like a goal, something to work towards, um, something to work towards, but I also met, I met people doing it. So, um, I met like a couple of girlfriends who we did the, I met them at the first show. And then we did another show like a couple months later. And, you know, it was just like a social thing. It was like something to do, something to work towards. And, and then I did a national show in Miami that mm-hmm. November. And so those first three shows for me were really positive, really fun. Like, again, gave me something to work towards also got a ton of attention. A lot mm-hmm. of people being like, Oh my gosh, it's so impressive that you're doing this. Or, you mm-hmm. know, you post pictures on Facebook and people want to know what you're doing. And I yeah. think the praise and the admiration that comes with it, although I didn't want to admit it at the time was like mm-hmm. very, very much a, a thing. Um, mm-hmm. kind of looking back, looking back throughout my life I had always kind of been someone my old age of 30 um I've always kind of been someone that like definitely just really wanted attention and it was that was a way to get Mm. it um but also like I think most females and males too probably can relate to like I don't like my body and I finally felt like I figured out the way to to change it um Mm. you know I not like my body since I was like 14 years old. And so this kind of gave me what I thought, Oh, here's the answer. I just do this thing. Ta-da! It's bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, And at my second show, I actually met someone who I would then go on to date and who is now my Mm -hmm. ex-boyfriend. And he was very, very serious about it. And, and initially for me, it was just like kind of something to do. Like I never really went into the goals of like going pro or turning, Mm -hmm. you know, I know I mentioned like a, a different career path, but I didn't really mm-hmm. think it would be like, I don't know, that would be my whole job. I don't know. Maybe I did. Yeah. But once I met him, he was so mm-hmm. serious about it. I was like, Oh, I guess maybe like, maybe I, I could turn this into my career and like, mm-hmm. maybe I should be really serious. And, um, I don't want to like, 
can I talk about like my eating disorders? I don't yes. want to like, Oh, absolutely. For people. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, I did those first three shows and then you, you have like an off season for bodybuilding. So mm-hmm. you put, put on weight, you put on muscle and then like you're in season, you like take off the weight and whatever. Um, yeah. so it was, it was time for my first off season, which means like eating more, putting on muscle and mm-hmm. it just like, it I could not do it. I, every mm. time I would try to eat more, I would panic. I would just totally freak out and think, Oh my gosh, I'm just going to, you know, I had such a fear of weight gain, even though that's mm-hmm. literally what you're trying to do in the off season. Yeah. Um, but every time I would do it, I would just like binge, which obviously, as I know now, mm-hmm. hi, I've been restricting for six months, like very yeah. intensely mm-hmm. and exercising a ton. And I'm very low body fat and all of these things that I know now, I started, I started binging and then mm-hmm. also purging because I was like, yeah. well, I can't have all of this in me. So, um, that's kind of when that started for me. <clears throat> and the only way I was really e- ever able to back then, this is what I thought the way I was ever able mm-hmm. to kind of get it under control was signing up for another show. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll do a show in what I do May, I guess. So maybe I have like a month where I, I don't even remember at this point, but then anytime I had a show, it was like, I had a goal in mind so I could kind mm-hmm. of have my blinders on and just be very in control as we mm-hmm. know. That's the yeah, yeah. I'm very in control, have my thing to focus on. And then as soon as the show was over, like I didn't know how to feed myself at that point anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you just like rely on these rules of here's your macros, here's the food to eat. But what happens when like, you're not working towards this thing? Like, what am I allowed to eat? What am I supposed to eat? You have no body trust anymore. Um, mm. So it would kind of bounce back and forth. And then I did a show in, in May. No, I did a show in April actually in Pittsburgh, um, which I, I like won the whole thing, which was wow. cool and exciting. And then I went down to, which was supposed to just be a practice show. And then I was trying to go pro in May, which was this national show, um, which I actually did w- win my class in that one too. But you had to go to like an overall thing where there's like six categories and the first place from each category goes to it, whatever. So I didn't go pro. But then I went to do another two national shows, one in Chicago and one in New York. So I basically, if you talk to any bodybuilder, they'll probably Mm -hmm. be like, you shouldn't do six shows a year, five shows a year, like do one or do two because it's a lot of stress on your body. Um, So basically I kind of did that. And then I took like a pretty long off season where I couldn't get back into it. Like, as we know now, the more you diet, the harder it is to keep up with it. You know, like the first time you diet, it feels super easy. The weight might fall off. And that's kind of what I think keeps us hooked is, Oh, Mm -hmm. it was so easy the first time. And then, you know, our body is smart. It learns to make fat, store fat, hold on to that, all of the things. It doesn't want to Mm -hmm. starve anymore. Um, And so I had a really hard time. I couldn't, like I I kept signing up for shows and then canceling because I couldn't, I couldn't lose the weight because my body was so resistant to it. Um, And probably because I was just binging and purging all the time. Um, And yeah, basically I did another show in 2016 and then that was kind of like my last show. Mm. And then did that mean, uh, that was a really long answer. To no, to that's all. <laughs> I was like, what am I answering here? I think something about how you got into it, which you did answer. Mm-hmm. And all of that is so helpful to hear. Cause also like, I just don't know a ton about like bodybuilding world. So it's, yeah. it's cool to like kind of hear, or I don't know if cool is the right word, but it's interesting to hear, you know, the journey and all of that. And it sounds too like you were 
good at this thing. And you were probably, I'm sure, getting like praise from people. And we know too, even just eating disorders, like bodybuilding aside, if your body's changing, the way our culture is, you're probably getting compliments. So then it almost like reinforces like what I'm doing is good. Like this, I need to keep doing it. Like I'm winning. I'm like doing all these great things. Exactly. Exactly. And not to mention that that kind of became my identity. I was like Lauren Cadillac Mm. bikini competitor. Like that's who I was. That's how people knew me. That's what I did. That was my whole Mm. life. You know, obviously we know dieting kind of shrinks our lives and all we Mm -hmm. can think about is diet and exercise. And it was, it gave me the space to be around other people. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm personally, I think it's a socially acceptable eating disorder. That's what I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I hate, I hate to like make anyone feel any type of way about it, but like you can't do bodybuilding in a healthy way Mm -hmm. because it goes against listening to your body. You know, it's like, yeah intentionally trying to shrink it. Um, But I mean, some people really thoroughly enjoy the sport and I'm not trying to like, obviously I would never help someone do bodybuilding, but like everyone's got their own life and their own decisions and they're autonomous Mm -hmm. and all of those things. Um, But that all to say that, you know, it became my identity and I'm sure a lot of Mm. people can kind of identify as being the fit one, being the thin one or being the whatever one. Mm. And it, and it was this conflict of if I don't do this anymore, then who am I? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just this average person. Like I've got like, this was the thing that made me have an edge, like be, I don't know, different, like different than average somehow. And so it was like, my whole identity was wrapped up in that. Yeah. Which is common with, you know, diet culture, eating disorders in general. Like I see that Mm -hmm. because I work with clients who have active eating disorders as well. Mm -hmm. And I see with a lot of clients where they're like, you know, my eating disorders become my identity. Like I don't know Mm -hmm. life without it. And I'm sure too, when it's like also tied to this sport that you're again, you know, winning, competing in, like getting all these accolades, like, Mm -hmm. it's like, who am I? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, this is just who I am. I'm going to have to mm-hmm. make it work. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like there was anything? And I feel like I know the answer to this question, but do you feel like throughout bodybuilding, like, are there any like checks and balances when it comes to like eating disorders or is it just like, is there any sort of like, I don't even know how to, like, do you feel like they do any sort of screening to like, yeah, I figured, I figured, yeah, no, 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 I mean, I look back and some of the behaviors that were just like, can I, can I say some yeah. of the behaviors? Yeah. Okay. Um, like I, I remember a couple people being like, oh yeah, like I chew and spit, like I'll just chew the food mm-hmm. for the taste and then I'll spit it out. And I'm now I'm like, that's yeah. eating disorder behavior or, yeah. um, I mean, obviously the whole thing is essentially starvation, which is an eating disorder behavior, but Mm -hmm. like purging or using, most people didn't use laxatives, but other ways of purging was just like purging through exercise, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, using performance enhancing drugs. I mean, there is Mm. no type of regulation. There's no testing. And that's why Mm. I'm pretty sure that's why it's never televised because there's mm. no type of regulation with it. Or maybe that's not exactly why. Maybe because no one's yeah. here to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what Jim Gaffigan is? I've heard Jim of Gaffigan? him, yes. He has mm-hmm. a funny skit about bodybuilding. He's like, what are people in the audience doing? Like, yay! Like, yeah. <laughs> you're there. And it's so true. But like, when you're in yeah. it, you get what you're looking for. But, um, uh-huh. but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that is mm-hmm. just, 
completely I mean I, I'm like I cringe thinking yeah. back of like the things I took the things I did the things uh, it's yeah mm. and there's a lot that I think you know you just mentioned like not being familiar with the industry I had no idea it's kind of like this underground industry that like once you're mm-hmm. before you're in it you don't really even know it exists and then you're in it and there's all of these like famous people within the industry yeah. and companies within the industry and just like culture within the industry, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So yeah. yeah, there's for sure no regulation because mm. everyone, there's different <laughs> levels of bodybuilding. Like for women, mm-hmm. it starts a bikini and then you have figure fitness and physique and then bodybuilding. So they go up in terms of muscularity. Mm, and then okay. for men, there's like men's physique. There's, uh, I don't even remember. There's a second one that they just recently added and then there's bodybuilding. I would say mm-hmm. pretty much everyone including some people in bikini, but definitely everyone above, maybe not everyone, but the large majority of people are Mm -hmm. taking some form of performance enhancing Mm -hmm. drug, whether it's like an estrogen blocker or it is some type of like pharmaceutical grade fat burner or Mm -hmm. or whatever, like injecting growth hormone, like things like that. There's, and you know, I Mm -hmm. think what the problem is, is like you see all these people on Instagram and you think, oh, look at their body. Like, if I just mm-hmm. work out, I'll look like that. I'm like, you know how many drugs? You know what kind of cocktail that person is taking? Like, yeah. so, not to mention all the other things that go on. So another long answer short. <laughs> long no, answer. it's good. Definitely not regulated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like some people, and I think that's why it's so good, you know, now you being on the other side and being able to shed light on, like you have mentioned, this, like, almost like the secret culture that none of us really know exists until we're in it. Like you said, um, because I feel like some people like so many eating disorder behaviors are just normalized in our culture where you wouldn't even like, it's easy for us to notice like that's an eating disorder behavior, but you know, if you're in it and you don't really have any knowledge of eating disorders, you just think like, Oh, this is what I have to do to compete. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what my coach is telling me. Like, this is normal. Yep. Until you're or, on the other side. <laughs> or it's considered like discipline. Like this is, yeah. it's always like, this is what you need to do to succeed. This is what you mm. need to do for greatness. And all of these like, quote, motivational quotes of like, mm-hmm. what is greatness? Greatness is just yeah. starving your place to an oblivion of like, that's what mm. greatness is. And just all of these like, kind of where there's like pro-Anna communities yeah. and like different mm-hmm. things that people say, very similar in the body, but like, I don't know, just... Mm. Yeah. Where it's like like a secret eating disorder. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Or not so secret, but yeah. Undiagnosed, I guess would maybe be the best way to phrase it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah, That's hard. So maybe like someone listening who either like has been in the bodybuilding industry is currently in it is, and maybe is not even in it, but has seen pictures on Instagram of like, I want her body. Like Mm -hmm. what is something that you would want them to hear um, from everything that you know and have experienced? I guess what I would want them to know, although I don't know if it really would make them feel any different because mm-hmm. I know when you're in that mindset of, I want to look like that. Yeah. And even when you're in the bodybuilding industry, people will be like, it's, I know it's not about health. I know what we're doing mm-hmm. isn't healthy. Like people will admit that, but I yeah. guess maybe it could be helpful for some people to know how much that really negatively impacts your body's mm-hmm. health for a very long time your mm-hmm. your mental health because your body fat is so low and your mm-hmm. neurotransmitters are messed up 
your gut health. My God, I think every single bodybuilder has some type of gut issue because we're eating the same food all the time. You know, Mm. not to mention the the levels of stress that we're putting on our body from over-exercising, under-eating. I mean, body image, like body Mm. dysmorphia is so, so common in that industry because like your whole in culture, like in regular society, we know there's like expectations and we know that people like there's a hierarchy of bodies and we know all of these things, but in bodybuilding, Mm. that's the sport you're being judged on how you look period. Mm. Sure. Your hair and your presentation and how you walk on stage and posing matters a little bit, but you're being judged on what your body looks like. And so it, how could you not develop body dysmorphia? Yeah. You're like, oh, my glutes aren't rounded enough. My weird delts aren't popping enough. Like these yeah. things are. <laughs> yeah. Like, why does this even matter? Right, yeah. right. Exactly. Exactly. So I guess my, my thing to say would be the long-term negative effects, the risk reward, I don't mm-hmm. think it's worth it for mm-hmm. anyone. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I used to be so my digestion was so messed up for so long. I used to walk upstairs and be so exhausted that I would just cry. Mm. I was like the me I've, I've, I've posted on Instagram where I used to think I was like a really mean and like be the B word. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like a yes. huge B word. And I have my moments now, of course, but I'm like, I was just literally starving and like tired all of the time, you know? And mm-hmm. so it just, it impacts everything and it steals a lot from you. You know, I didn't have, I didn't go on vacation. You, you think like, oh, once I look this way, mm-hmm. I'll rock a bikini or I'll whatever. Like, no, I didn't go to the beach because if I went to the beach, that meant, meant I had to pack all of my food and it meant I had to go to the gym first thing in the morning before I could go, which meant I'm probably not leaving early enough to beat the traffic. And so, and then is my mm. cooler going to stay cold? And like all of these things that you think your life will be one way. And it's just, it's just not, it's not yeah. that way at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I love that you say all that because I think it's easy to see even on Instagram, like this glamorous image painted of like, okay, once you reach this point, once your body, you know, it's like bodybuilding is almost like the top, like, you know, gold medal of your body's like, you know, quote unquote, perfect. So it's like, oh, wouldn't you want to just go like flaunt your body? Mm -hmm. But like you said, it's like, well, no, because then if I do that, it screws up this whole control and plan that's keeping Mm -hmm. my body the way it is. And it even brings me back to what you were talking about at the beginning about like, feel good and like does this make you feel good and think about that of like okay I'm doing all of this stuff to keep my body looking like this but at the expense of literally my whole entire quality of life so no this doesn't make me feel good this makes you feel miserable um yeah so then tell me a little about like your transition away from like bodybuilding world and even like how you discovered intuitive eating recovery all of that yeah, so that was kind of like a long, a longer process than I wish it had been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I don't know, I guess it felt, I know like everyone's recovery is very different. So I don't want to mm-hmm. say that it was long, but it felt like it was, it felt like had I worked with the right person right off the bat, mm-hmm. it could have gone in a different way. But yeah. um, I, I guess I didn't know what I was kind of even really looking for back then. And I obviously hadn't heard of intuitive eating. So mm-hmm. I actually was working with like a, oh, what was she? like an alternative medicine type of doctor yeah. where she would do 
um what's it called have you ever heard where they kind of like push down on your arm yes you know what i'm talking about oh i cannot think of what that's called but i know exactly yes i know yeah it's like muscle testing or something like that where yeah so she and at this point like again having no body trust where it's like i Mm -hmm. literally have no idea what's going on like can someone please help me figure Mm -hmm. this out so i went to her and she was super nice but looking back it was like she would test for all of the different foods that my body couldn't tolerate. And it was like basically every food that you'd cut out if you were going like keto. Okay. Mm, so it was like, yeah. okay, you don't eat fruits, don't eat grains. It was like basically eat like, you know, quote unquote healthy fats, whatever, mm. vegetables. And so she was, I was like, should I just do keto then at this point? Like I'm trying to, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, okay, my gut's really messed up. She's telling me that these things don't work for me. So should I just do this? And I'm like, I don't know. And now I look back, mm-hmm. I'm like, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> you look back with like 2020 vision, obviously. But at the time I was like, I'm willing to try anything because my, like, I feel like such crap all the time so I'm like I would literally try anything so I tried that obviously it didn't help I think initially I felt slightly better and then I was like this is still restriction this is not helping things mm-hmm. um and then actually I had a fellow dietetic in well a dietitian now but I did my dietetic internship with her and mm-hmm. she <clears throat> told me about some like weekend workshop up in Vermont and it was for like therapists and for dietitians and it was Mm -hmm. all about like intuitive eating and health at every size. And Mm -hmm. so it was like kind of like a, kind of like a training for that, but like also just kind of um, like an introduction. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it was the first time I had ever heard of anything like that. I mean, did you learn about any of this stuff in your undergrad? No. No. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I feel like not until like two years after. Yeah. yeah, I had no clue. Yep. Yep. So my initial reaction was like, well, how is that healthy? Are we just supposed to tell Mm -hmm. people to eat French fries all day? Like, how is that going to promote their health? Um, And then I just kind of kept like exploring that more. I actually did some like I worked with a therapist. I did a little uh, like CBT work. um, Mm -hmm. And then when we left that weekend, she gave us a bunch of recommendations like intuitive eating, think health at every size, eat what you love, love what you eat for binge eating. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of started reading like every book I could get my hands on. And it was, it just felt right. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Where it just feels like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. And I think everyone, especially as they start reading with something like intuitive eating, where Mm -hmm. they're just, you're just like excited about it and it feels Mm -hmm. like true. And so it was just kind of my own like exploration of, you know, reading the book, reading other books, trying different things out. And I wish I had like a sexier answer for this, but that was no, but that was just like going through yeah. the process myself. <laughs> yeah, which I feel like is so real. Like a lot of, especially I think because like what we just mentioned, as dietitians, we're not taught this in school, so yes. a lot of it's self study. So then, yes. and probably at the time too, it's hard when you're like trying to walk away from it, but maybe don't exactly know like who you need to work with, what you need to do. It's like I'm just exactly. gonna take whatever I can get, see what works, see what doesn't. Exactly. I feel like that's a very normal like journey. I don't, I don't see many, and I'm sure there are people, but I don't see many people who have just a super clean cut. Like I saw right. this dietitian, I was healed. And I'm right done now. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Like, uh, that's how it'd be in the movies probably. Exactly. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's so true. So I'm sure that is pretty common for most people. I just remember like when I met, um, 
what happened was like what kind of I had this like I did have this like pivoting point where mm-hmm. um, I found out that my ex had been cheating on me oh. and the one that I met bodybuilding mm-hmm. and I just had this moment of like I need to cleanse I yeah. need to like <laughs> purge things from my life and yes. so I again I'm like into law of attraction like kind of energy yeah. and all that stuff and my aunt is um she's like a, a PhD in like uh, Chinese medicine and she's very oh, cool. into like that kind of stuff as yeah. well and so I had a bunch of like piercings at the time and mm-hmm. she was like the piercings are going through your what are they called the the meridians uh-huh. that like you have different meridians and so I like took all of my piercings <laughs> out I like threw a bunch of stuff away I was like yeah. I need to just like clear my life and yeah. and then I met my now fiance and he was mm. like so level-headed and so I remember he said to me one time he was like because he knew I was struggling with like body image and weight mm-hmm. and everything and he was like well what would your body look like what would your weight be if you just didn't diet I'm like I literally have no idea because I've been yeah. dieting since I'm 14 like I don't know what that even looks like and that's mm-hmm. obviously that was scary um but it was kind of like he was my um I don't know what the right word is like I knew that he was the one that I was going to end up marrying. So I was like, I need to make this relationship work. And if I keep doing bodybuilding or I keep doing Mm. these behaviors, Mm. um, this isn't going to work out. So as much as I would like to say that I did it for me, I kind of feel like I did it for him and for us where I was like, Mm -hmm. I want this more. Like, this is the life that I really want. Like what I'm Mm -hmm. doing right now is not giving me a life that I am hopeful for. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of, you know, my, my inspiration, I guess. And I I think everyone kind of needs to find the one thing that's going to, Mm. maybe it's one or two or five or whatever it is, but like kind of keep them going when they have that urge or they have that Mm -hmm. urge to do whatever that might be, you know, restrict or purge or binge or whatever. For me, it was kind of always like, I, I promised him, I promised myself, like I promised myself, but I promised him that I wasn't going to do this and kind of held on to that. And so, you know, through holding on to that, through meeting him, and then through my own like self uh, exploration of all the books yeah. and stuff, you know that was my my path. But it makes yeah. me happy that you just validated me yes. that like most people don't have that. Straight yeah. And then she found it and she was done. <laughs> yes. And now everything's great. No. And yeah. I feel like even in that, all your because you said you don't feel like you did it for yourself, but I feel like you did because you saw like this is the life I want. Like I want yeah. to be with this guy. I want you know, to be married with him. I want like the happily ever after quote unquote for lack of a better phrase. And, and I know I can't have my eating disorder and, and like, I can't have both. So I either have Mm -hmm. to choose, am I going to be married to my eating disorder or do I want to be married to this man? Um, and I feel like, I mean, I see that with so many people of like having some sort of like why or motivator is, is really what gets you through, especially the hard days. Cause it's like, Mm -hmm recovery, whether it's an eating disorder or just walking away from like diets and all of that is hard and it's scary. And like from the outside looking in, it's like, why would you want to do that? But then when you can see that bigger picture of like, I want to be able to go on vacation and like, not feel like I have to work out and hang out at the beach and not care what I look out, look like. Um, but yeah. And I, I, I get that too, where, you know, you never really knew what your body looked like when you were just kind of living normal life. So then that brings up fear of like, how's it going to change? Like, it's just a hard process for sure. And I don't think it's straight and narrow by any means. Yeah. It's, it's so hard, but I think what you just said with Mm -hmm. going on vacation, not stressing, I think, Mm -hmm. 
I think those are the things that people don't realize are going to have to give up in order to look a certain way. It's just like, oh, I just want to look that way. I just want to be thin and then then life will be great. And it's like, you actually will probably have to give up the things that make your life great to look that way. Mm, That's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like, if you have to give all those things up just to look like that and you don't feel good, it's like, but life is life is so much more. (laughs) Yeah. Like, is it really worth it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, For Mm. sure. Which is so sad because I do. I mean, I think so many people feel like that's their only option of like, I'm not Mm going to fit into society. I'm not going to get this job, get this relationship. Like it almost feels like they, they don't have any other option. Um, which, you know, we know is so not true. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. Um, yeah. And, and I guess I should too, obviously kind of highlight the fact, like I do have thin privilege. I live in a smaller mm-hmm. body and like, um, there's something to be said about like fat phobia is a thing in our, yeah. in our culture. And there's people in marginalized bodies that like, I, I, I feel like it's different for me to say what I just said and mm-hmm. someone listening that might be in a larger body might, might, I don't know, feel some type of way or feel, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, well, I might not be able to fit into these, like there's things Mm -hmm. in our culture that very much need to change in our society that need to change because that might feel like the only way for people to Mm -hmm. live a quote unquote normal life is to lose weight. Because for me, it was like, can I lose, get even smaller? I'm already thin Mm -hmm. versus someone that's like, I, I don't fit into things comfortably or like Mm -hmm. the world feels like it's not built for me, you know? So I think Mm -hmm. that's, kind of its own conversation too. And I just kind of want to be sensitive sure. to the fact that like I have thin privilege and, and yeah. it, it's and all of those things. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is an, a really, really good point too. Cause it's, you know, different depending on like what your, I mean, I guess like where your weight is at of like, mm-hmm. it, it feels like the only, the only option, like I have yeah. to fit into this world. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's still easy for people in smaller bodies to have that thought too, but it's, it's still sure. a little, like different. Um, sure. Yeah. So kind of shifting gears. Um, one of my favorite questions to ask guests is what your favorite food memory is. Um, because really like a lot of what we've talked about, it's easy when you're so engulfed in like dieting and, you know, an eating disorder and, you know, anything in that spectrum, food kind of loses its joy and it's like everything about it that food's meant to be. Um, so yeah. So I'd love to hear what is, one of your or more than one favorite food memory? So it's weird that you asked me this question because for some reason I have just been thinking about, and maybe it's because Nick recently bought like chipwiches from Trader Joe's. Mm. Yes. <laughs> but I just remember with my dad, I remember making cookie dough and then mm-hmm. freezing it and putting it in the freezer and like going downstairs and playing with my dad and then being like, it's a cookie dough break. Like let's, let's go get some oh, cookie dough. And yeah. then just like, going and eating it and like so many I mean so many with my dad were like he would bring us to Carvel or mm-hmm. he would always make like pancakes he's like a very impressive pancake make- maker mm-hmm. all of my friends actually know my dad is you know how does <laughs> he make pancake like he'll make like crazy shapes like he made a new uh-huh. line head and he'll make like, oh, a falcon wow. and he makes like these crazy things yeah or I just feel like I have so many where like I remember making like Oreo milkshakes with him and putting like mm. a bunch of Oreos in like I don't know I, I feel lucky in that growing up and it's I don't know if it would have been different if I, I was very, very tiny when I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it would have been different had I been in a different body. I'm sure it probably would have, but mm-hmm. um, I, I feel lucky in that I have memories 
at least up until probably like 13, 14, yeah. where I do have positive memories around food, you know, I yeah. mean, it wasn't demonized in our house. It wasn't, yeah. you know, mm. which is, is such a blessing because I feel like yeah. the more, the more I work with people, the further along I get in my job, I realize like that's not as much the norm. Like the norm is oh, like God. food being demonized, you know, Weight Watchers when you're in sixth grade. Oh, I know. I mean, I have clients mm. that tell me they remember being five years old mm. and like restricting or, or yeah. thinking that they looked a certain way. I'm like, five? Can you speak yeah. when you're five? Like, what yeah, you like what? <laughs> when you learn when you're like two, I guess, or three. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I don't have kids, but like five yeah. seems like you're a baby still. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like you should be um, eating mac and cheese and chicken fingers. Like that's what I think. Yeah. Ice, ice pops or whatever. Yes. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Thank you for having me. Uh, People can find me on Instagram and TikTok. My handle is Feel Good Dietitian. And then my website's laurencadillac.com. So it's Cadillac like the car. (laughs) Yes, I love, I feel like you have such a like strong last name. Are you going to keep, will you you change your last name or what? (laughs) Like, I feel like your husband should take it. It's so cool. (laughs) I know this is a big debate because I said that, like I'm getting married in April Mm -hmm. and I think I'll take it, but I think just Mm -hmm. for the sake of, like my website and my business, yeah. I'll keep things like Lauren Cadillac or like all hyphenated yeah. or whatever, just because, I mean, I remember in college, you know, like meeting people out one night and then people would be like mm-hmm. Cadillac and people would, it's just yes. an easy name to remember, you know yes. what I mean? So yeah. Like, somehow it feels like it gives me so much like a bad thing. Yes. <laughs> it's like but easy like, to remember. Yes, exactly. So um, I'll probably change it legally, but keep it, you know, for social yeah. media presence yes. purposes. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Well, thank you so much again. This was such a fun conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Free Method Nutrition for more inspiring content on food freedom, intuitive eating, body respect, and many other things. If you're curious how you can support our podcast and help it to reach more people like you, we would love if you would take a minute to rate and review the show. We drop new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe so you always catch our latest conversations. See you next episode.